This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Rosa, and I have prepared a wonderful episode with guest Juliana Parker. She is a mental health therapist and an expert on self-compassion and kindness. Juliana shares how to heal from trauma and generational wounds by radically shifting the way we talk about ourselves and how we tend to our heart, to our mind, to our body. Juliana also shares about the connection between healing your inner child through kindness and compassion. I want to give a brief disclaimer that towards the end of the episode, you will hear my little toddler walking in the recording. She's crying and she's pretty upset. So there is a a short break and, you know, I took care of her and I was debating on editing that part out, but I thought to myself, you know, this is my life. I'm a busy mama. I work from home. So I left it there. So please excuse that part. Before we go into the actual episode, I want to just remind you all that I have a Patreon for only $10 a month. You get to meet with me once a month live. We learn together. We talk about different topics. For the month of October, we're going to be talking about healing your inner teenager. So definitely check it out. I will have a link in the show notes. You can also go to my Instagram account and there will be a direct link to my Patreon community there. Also, as a disclaimer, I want to let everyone know that this episode does not treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. This episode does not substitute for health care or mental health services of any kind guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective, and this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Juliana Parker. Take a listen. Hi, Juliana. Hi, Rosa. Hi, welcome to the Inner Healing Paths podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how are you? And thank you for inviting me. Oh, no, of course. It is such a pleasure and honor to have you here. And, you know, let's to to get started and dive in. I want to ask you to just introduce yourself and just tell us who you are and the healing work that you do. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. So, um, yes. So my name is Juliana Parker. I'm a pre-licensed therapist in Long Beach, California. Um, that is one of one of my positions. My other position mm-hmm. is that for about 22 years, I've been a counselor at a community college, and mm-hmm. I currently work with current and former foster youth mm-hmm. at our mm-hmm. college, supporting them in their educational journey. So that's a yeah. little bit about the healing work that I do. Yeah. Um, I love 
absolutely love helping people. <laughs> yeah, no, and I commend you for the work that you do with former foster youth. I mean, I could imagine the you know what walks through your door, right? The, all the pain and the trauma that they've been through, and yet here they are trying to get you know get their education and, and move forward with their life. Absolutely, Rose. I've I um, prior to working with excuse me, current and former foster youth for about 15 years, I worked with our CalWORK students mm -hmm. who were our parenting students. And I got to tell you between working with our parenting students, many of whom were single parents mm -hmm. um, and now our current and former foster youth, uh, it's incredible the lessons that I've learned from our students about yeah. persistence and seeing the incredible sacrifices that they've made in pursuit of their education. I've actually learned a lot from them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I firmly believe that our clients, they're the best teacher, right? That we have mm -hmm. in our, in our, just in our training as therapists and in the helping professions, you know, we mm -hmm. learn everything from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's just in uh, the inspiring stories, the different walks of life that our students come from and and also to my work in the private practice um the the main my main emphasis in private practice rosa is uh is working with uh individuals adults um who have endured trauma so um using emdr and internal family systems mindfulness um that just really seems to be the area mm -hmm. that i'm I'm really drawn to is just helping people impacted by trauma in their life. Yeah, no, that, that is amazing work. And I think there's, there's not enough of us doing this work, right. Mm -hmm. of, of helping folks recover from trauma one-on-one. -on -one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, you know, there's so much you can learn from trauma or about trauma from reading and going online and researching and Googling. There's, I mean, that's a huge part of it too, right? Getting that, mm -hmm. that psychoeducation and learning. But then there's the other component of, of having that one-on-one -on -one relationship with someone that is there to help you work through your mm -hmm. traumas, right? That mm -hmm. is trained to help people recover from trauma. So th that's a whole other element. And I feel that a lot of people, uh, they think that because they know a lot about trauma, they research mm -hmm. it a lot, that that is enough for healing. And that is... Mm -hmm. I believe it's a component, but it's not enough. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, I do think uh, helping people impacted by trauma is is unique and in, in the uh, um, also in the approach and also just the learning. I'll have to say a kind of pivotal experience for me that really, awakened my interest in helping mm -hmm. um, folks impacted by trauma was about, I believe it was probably about six years ago. And at the college, we had, we were lucky enough, some of us to attend a special training called Mind Matters by Dr. Carolyn Curtis. She's in mm -hmm. Sacramento, California. And Mind Matters was a curriculum that Dr. Curtis wrote for adults who had experienced adverse childhood experiences mm -hmm. before the age of 18. And so in this training, Rosa, my colleagues and I were fortunate enough to learn about what ACEs are. We were 
even more fortunate to learn about, to learn strategies that were simple, that were free, that were easy to learn so that we could impart that knowledge to the students that we were seeing to help them. And whether those students had been Mm -hmm. impacted by ACEs or not, it was still just a great toolkit for our students to have, right? How to handle stress, how to handle Mm -hmm. emotions and feelings. And so that was, that really, really impacted me because then that opened me up to learning more about the body keeps the score Mm -hmm. that opened the door for me to learn about um, EMDR. I'd never, ever heard about it before. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, I really think that's what ignited within me that, that purpose for wanting to help people impacted by trauma because it's so prevalent, Rosa. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's whether we experience it directly or whether transferred right from our, our, Mm -hmm. our parents, our caregivers or beyond. I mean, yes, we've all at some point will or have experienced trauma right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and yeah so absolutely well i i want to shift gears a little bit because i know one of the things that you're very passionate about is the idea or the concept of (laughs) self-kindness and i you know i i feel that it goes hand in hand with trauma recovery and healing Mm-hmm. Because so much of, of you know, for, for trauma survivors, they're in that mindset of self-blame, criticism, mm-hmm. guilt, um, self-destructive behaviors for some of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so that concept of self-kindness, when they're able to get it implemented and really embody it, I think it's just one of the most powerful indicators that healing is, is happening. So mm-hmm. uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what self-kindness is and and how does it look like for you and your practice? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, so gosh, I have so much to say about that, that oh, the topic. Take your time. Thank you. <laughs> take your time. We have plenty of time here. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you, Rosa. Yeah. Um, so self-compassion, I definitely think that it's a missing element for many of us as humans. Um, I also have been so inspired by the work by Dr. Kristen Neff, her um, Mm self-compassion, the radical self-compassion, Dr. Tara um, Brock, I believe, with her radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. And to your point, Rosa, absolutely. I find so much that I'll be sitting across from, you know, a wonderful, a wonderful client and they'll be sharing some you know, some of what they've gone through and the shame that comes up for them, the, mm-hmm. the, the feelings that they have and mm-hmm. will often, you know, stop and talk about when I, he- when I'll hear this, I'll ask them, I will say, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if you imagine, and this is why I love your work, Rosa, you know, inner child, that little part inside of you, mm-hmm. I'll often say, you know, if you could imagine the younger you right mm. now, what would you want to say to her or him or they, what message would you want to give to them? Could you imagine mm. holding them? Could you imagine yeah. comforting them? Could you imagine saying, you know what, you're doing an awesome job or, Hey, you know what? You're safe. I got this. We're okay. Mm. Um, 
So I, yeah. I'll, I'll share with the kindness. So several years ago, I had mm-hmm. these little cards made up and I'm happy to send you some, Rosa, or any of the listeners who would oh, love me you. to mail some mm-hmm. to them, no yeah. pressure. And, um, but they're little uh, orange cards. And on one side, they say, be kind to yourself. And on the flip side, they say, uh, talk to yourself like someone you love. And mm. I... I give those out a lot and I've, I've had students tell me like two years later or, or clients, Juliana, mm-hmm. I still have that card you gave me. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or I keep it on my dashboard and it's yeah. nothing fancy, Rosa. It's literally a little business card from Staples that I have yeah, made up. Yeah, but it's a reminder, right? It's a, a, a symbol of, of what, what needs to be for them or what they need to do in that moment. Absolutely. And, and learning to, to care for themselves. And I, I do feel so passionately about it. Um, I just, because I do feel like it's a really missing piece and something that we're not, we're just sometimes taught to be so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. whether we got those messages from our environment our you know, our culture, our community. So I really work with clients to try and to invite them to welcome self-compassion into their life. Yeah, no, I, I love that, that tool, you know, the, the, the card, because like I, like I was saying, it's just a, it, it visually you, you see it and it just alerts your brain to pause, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is a lot of times we don't do. We're in this cycle of the self-criticism and the guilt and the shame and all these, these thoughts about ourselves that are so negative and so hurtful. And when we see that suddenly, our brain is like, wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> so you take a pause and that's right. This is what I was working on with, you know, with my therapist and, in and, mm-hmm. and, and the more of that, right. That's the more you do that, the easier it gets because it initially, w- would you agree that it's, it's hard even for, you, you know, even for me or for, you know, for therapists, you know, it's hard <laughs> yes. to implement this and it, it has to be a practice. Right? Right. It, it has to be a consistent practice. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And um, I'll, I'll share as as a parent, I the other day, one of my children was um, needed a bookmark. And so he said to me, Hey, mom, could I have a couple of your cards to use for my bookmarks? I think mm-hmm. that would be really nice to use those. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. So I love even just I think there is never too early to start to start with that message. No, and- no, absolutely. I think the younger we do it, the more ingrained it will be, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I know I, I do I do with my daughter, she's she's two, but Aww. you know, you know, two year olds, they 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 get angry and then they mm-hmm. they if I'm putting on her socks, for example, and she doesn't want it, she'll like smack her feet. And <laughs> so when she does that, one of the things that I've that I've been doing is that I, I say I I talked like a third person. So I say, oh, be careful with Sophie's feet. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of teaching her the idea <laughs> of self-kindness in a way mm-hmm. that she understands. I'm not a child expert, but it seems to be working because yeah. she realizes like, oh, that's right. It does hurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and sometimes Aww. I add, like, oh, be careful with Sophie's feet. I love, yeah. I love Sophie's feet. You know, so Aww. I kind of reinforcing that concept of just be kind to yourself. But I think that the sooner they know this, the, the easier it will be lifelong, you know, a lifelong mm-hmm. practice of this. 
Absolutely. And I do also think, too, that, um, you know, speaking of, you know, Sophie and, and other children and adults and also kind of going along with Dr. Carol Dweck's work on growth and fixed mm-hmm. mindset, um, mm. where with the growth mindset of, you know, seeing new challenges and taking them on, being curious, trying new things, even even if you are a little bit scared and a little bit feel not quite confident and that interjection of that word yet, right? I So Sophie, I love that. You know, yeah, so she, one day she'll be learning to put her own socks on, you know, so I love that, that interjection of self-compassion. You may not we may not have, no matter what our age is, Rosa, we may not have it yet. We may not, you know, quite get it. We may not, sometimes we mm-hmm. may, you know, fail. We may take a risk and it doesn't work out. But I feel like a part of that is is, ha- is having compassion for ourselves too. Like, you know what? That was awesome that I tried that. And, mm-hmm. and not that we make mm-hmm. excuses, but we're like, yeah, you know, that was really nerve wracking to yeah. go into that job interview or to yeah. go on that first date. Um, mm. But you know what? I, I'm pretty proud of myself that I gave it a shot, you yeah, know? Absolutely. It applies to everything that you do mm-hmm. in life, right? I mean, we can't mm-hmm. just be at home sitting, you know, on the couch and, and <laughs> no. you know, we, we have to li- we have to go out into the world and we have to experience scary things, things that overwhelm right. us. And and, and it feels good, right, when you're able to actually do the thing that you thought you, or that was so scary and then you actually show up for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's, it's, it's empowering and, um, yeah, and, and just in a lot of, to your point, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of realms of life. So I love to use self-compassion, too, just to, to back you know, to back that up with people and, and with myself. I mean, quite frankly, the be kind to yourself conversation or idea, it just came Rosa from a a conversation with a friend. I was talking to a good friend one day years ago and we were just, you know, chatting away and I don't even really remember what I was talking about, but whatever I was talking about, I think, I was, I was beating myself up because my friend said to me really quietly as we were talking, she said, Juliana, you know what? You need to be kind to yourself. Hmm. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I said, wait, I, I don't know if I heard you correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, I was driving on the freeway and, you know, with my earbud in or whatever. And I'm like, wait, what did you say? And she told me again, I'm like, I was like, Oh my gosh, mm. I never even thought about that. I yeah. just thought I had to be hard on myself. <laughs> right. And and I love that it was your friend that kind of alerted you to that. Mm-hmm. And and I think because in general we're so it's a lot easier to see it when yes. someone that we love is doing it, right? When, when they're being right. hard on themselves. We're so we're so hard on ourselves. And it's so hard to have that perspective. So I think there's an episode that just reminded <laughs> me what you shared uh, yeah. in, in Sex in the City. Oh, I don't uh-huh. know if you've seen if you've seen the 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 show, but I loved okay. it. You know, many years ago, and there was a, a a little part where Miranda tell Miranda is hearing um, Carrie talk and very yeah. negatively about herself, and then she yeah. stops her and she's like, "Hey, 
be kind. That's my friend who you're talking about. Oh, I thought that was for, for me. I was like, wow, that is that is such a good way to intervene <laughs> in that dialogue of of self um, criticism and harshness, right? Yes. In a way that immediately alerts you, like. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I am someone that's, you know, that is loved by, mm -hmm. and the way I'm talking about myself is so mean. I would mm -hmm. never allow that to happen if it was someone talking about my friend. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, Rosa. And I, gosh, yeah, such, I, I do. I'm such an admirer of sex in the city. So I <laughs> love that reference, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, especially coming coming, you know, to just those, you know, Miranda with, you know, she's so kind of black and white, analytical, right. cut and dry, but, you know, but, mm. but to the point about Sophie, yeah. your daughter, where you even like, hey, I like those feet. Let's be, let's be nice to her. Let's be nice yeah. to Sophie and those feet. She's, <laughs> she's a, a sweetheart. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, what, it, what would you say is the difference between just self-kindness or compassion and and then radical compassion mm -hmm. or self-kindness. Mm -hmm. what, what is the main difference that you see? Because I, I I see that term thrown thrown out a lot, radic the yeah. radical self-compassion. And I don't know if I quite understand what it, it all entails. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll be honest, I'm learning it myself too. Um, Kristen Neff has a really great illustration mm -hmm. um, on her website that I actually give out sometimes to clients where it's like um, – Two different examples. One might be like a, if I'm remembering it correctly, like more of like a soft kind of cuddly bear being a little bit more tender and, um, you know, let's say kind of comforting, kind of more chamomile tea vibe, right? Of yeah. That one. Yeah. And then the more mother bear, mama bear, brown bear mm. is more the one like you know, setting the boundaries a lot firmer, some, some more, I guess, a little bit more, uh, larger, right? Like mm -hmm. kind of a little bit more, uh, some more assertion with it, with the mm. kindness. Um, so I'm still mm. learning about it too. And I do want to address something, Rosa, that I have heard is Sometimes I think people fear being kind to themselves because they mm. feel like it will make them lazy or it lets them off the hook or then, right, right. you know, they will lack, lack that motivation within them if they're not hard on themselves. And, and I'm not saying abolish at all. Our, our motivation does serve a purpose and our internal voice that encourages us and keeps us on track and says, mm -hmm. hey, got to get X, Y, and Z done. Does does all serve a purpose and, right. and we need that skill set. But it's when it becomes really kind of critical and abusive that it's crossed the line, right? Where it's just, it's just too much, right? Or you know, let's say you're exhausted, you've had mm -hmm. a long day and that voice is like, oh, you need to do X, Y, and Z, you know, you're, you're failing or whatever, yeah. maybe finding that compromise. Well, maybe yeah. I'll do one thing, but I still need to rest, you know, or. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rest is, uh, you know, just being able to, to set that boundary with what, um, what, when is enough, right? Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, I'm going to talk uh, my experience as a woman. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't modeled that, you know, I was, mm -hmm. I was modeled a, a mother, you know, my mother worked very hard and she mm. did not, she was the first one to wake up, the last mm. one to go to bed. And, mm. and, 
And when and I've been uh, intentional about taking care of myself mm-hmm. since becoming a mom, mm-hmm. but I still deal with that guilt, right? Of um, because I, I saw how my mom was growing up, and I admire that, and she's still mm-hmm. the same way. And so that guilt is, and I'm nowhere near perfect in that sense of radical self compassion. But you know, it's been a work in progress. But I see how, as women, a lot of us. We, we are working on these old models of, mm. of what it means to be a mother or what it means mm. to be a, a wife or just a woman, right? It, it here, you, you take care of your children, your children, your spouse comes first, you're at the house, you know. And mm. when we don't do that deliberately and intentionally, we are, we, I think a lot of us feel guilt, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. if, if that's been your experience or mm-hmm. with your clients, but it's just, I, I see it a lot with the clients that I work and I, and I experience it myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I agree. And I, um, it, it, it just makes me think of like, to your point, a relative. And when I was growing up, a relative and um, a mine, a female relative, and we would have dinners and she she would never ever sit down. She would just be hovering around us, yes. you know, and yeah. serving us. And and I don't even, you know, I don't even know when she would eat. And I remember my mom saying to her, to this individual, you know, gosh, please sit down and join us. Um, mm-hmm. And she, she just, I think, was just so... I don't know if it was, you know, to your point about just mm-hmm. the norms of that time of that generation. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a really good point that Rosa about, and I, I have to say, I, I feel like the tide has changed is I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I, I really so, do. Yeah. I mean, you know? yeah. I mean, especially with that um, distribution of, of work at, at home and, you know, because most people do work both, you know, even if there's, uh, mm-hmm. there's two people in the house, most of the time both are working. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I, what I see is that, um, I, you know, I hope it changes, but I still mm-hmm. see the, the imbalance there, even for mm-hmm. people in my generation, there's still, I think there's still that expectation, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. you may see it coming from others. So you mm-hmm. do that out of pressure or obligation or, mm-hmm. or maybe there is that expectation within your partner, right? That, um, or sometimes we just put that on, like, no, this mm-hmm. is my responsibility you do X, Y, and Z, I'll take the, you know, mm-hmm. but I do hope it changes because it, it is um, the chronic fatigue and oh. the, the sense of um, deprivation. I think that, mm-hmm. that a lot of women feel, I think that's mm-hmm. also very, very real mm-hmm. and is it ties into, you know, how can you possibly work on your and healing your trauma when you're tired mm-hmm. and exhausted all the time, right? When you're not taking care of your basic needs for nutrition and nourishment yes. and rest and sleep and um, hobbies, you know, I, I mean, sometimes people feel that a hobby or something that you do for fun is optional. It's not a mm-hmm. priority, but what I've learned at at this point in my life is that it is very much a priority because mm-hmm. it's directly connected to my sense of well-being. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So, so true. And uh, well-being and, and creativity and 
other other parts of your spirit right. and your yeah. soul that you get oh, I to. Love that. Yes, your soul, your spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I definitely, and that's what I have to say, Rosa. I've loved about your, you know, your podcast episodes. Oh. I've listened to just the wide range of guests that you've had mm-hmm. who come on and talk about their perspectives and what healing and mm-hmm. um, well-being looks like for them. I love yeah. it too because I feel like your podcast really illustrates that it's it's not one size fits all. That it's everybody's unique individual experience and what resonates with them. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that at different points in in our lives, I think we, we need different things, right? So maybe mm-hmm. at some point we going to therapy was um was helping and then it was not and then maybe mm-hmm. we maybe spirituality you know took over and then we're back at therapy you know so it, it right. I think this life that's you know we can't just rely on one thing to help mm-hmm. us work through our difficulties and our traumas you know I think we 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 must explore different options because growth is continuous, right? It's you're all always changing and evolving and mm-hmm. and hopefully healing. So mm-hmm. I uh, so so thank you for for that. I I, yeah. I I that's one of the purpose you know one of the purposes that I have for doing this is to to present you know different paths mm-hmm. that can be very very powerful also in mm-hmm. the healing journey. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring another really great point up, which mm-hmm. I want to address is um, the, you know, I, the trauma work is when you do get into with, with clients, when, mm-hmm. tra- when clients do get into the deeper trauma work, it's tough. It's, you know, it's, it's, it can be really, really hard, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. it takes a lot of a lot of courage to, to go to those places. And that's why, especially I think it is so important to have that, that self-care in place. And, and one of the fundamental mm-hmm. foundations of EMDR is that we teach people before we do the heavier trauma reprocessing work, we really established a foundation of resources um, to mm-hmm. use in the therapy room and then out of the therapy room and yeah but absolutely. that's you know that self-care that attention to your well-being because yeah the trauma work is living with trauma mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it's big or little small t little t it, it is is challenging enough and then oh, to when you are make that brave step to actually start exploring what that trauma how to heal that trauma it's yeah I'm always just I I tell my clients I'm like I'm always like I don't know if you're supposed to do this but I'm like you're doing an amazing job because this is not easy (laughs) yeah no absolutely and you know I I I think talking about EMDR um I also do EMDR for my yeah. for my practice, and when I have a new client that is very eager to get started and just wants to address their trauma, I don't know if you've experienced this, but a lot of times when I present the the model and and the the, the flow of, of treatment, and sometimes they're not very um, they want to get into the trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. they they. Um, they're so eager and they just want to, they, they're, they're tired, they're exhausted, right? They're tired of living with the, with the triggers and the, the, all the, the symptoms of trauma. They just want to 
do it, get it done with, you know? Right. So it is, um, for them, it's a, a little hard to understand the idea of resourcing and, and the importance of of doing uh, of doing this at the beginning because like you said working through traumatic memories is ve- it could be very triggering and it you, some people even experience a relapse you know of depression anxiety and and sometimes um, if if they have addictive um, behavior so that could happen too you know so uh, so it's very very important to have those those resources in place and for the listeners that may not be familiar with that process how would you uh, describe the resources that you that you use for your clients because I know self-kindness is it sounds like it's definitely a big one for you yes yeah yeah. what else do you use to help your clients um, work through or get started with with the the therapy journey yeah thank you so much um I um I definitely the ones that I I really love using um and I find clients respond really well to and I think is is also too kind of at the core of a lot of um, the EMDR training is number one learning how to create a container, so mm-hmm. um, a safe place to temporarily store all those extra feelings, emotions, thoughts, images, just to kind of give it a safe place to go. Um, I love I love the container. Mm-hmm. Uh, method the uh, another one is the calm place mm. so identifying a really lovely calm place mm. whatever i mean i tell people it could be um <clears throat> you know it could be a, a, a place it could be real imaginary we could look for a youtube video and have that be it it could be dog snuggling it, it it's whatever feels calming for that client um, I love to creating the circle of nurtures. So those real or imaginary uh, beings mm-hmm. um, that you just, that, that feel, that give you nurturing and feel, you feel connected to. Um, that's really powerful. I absolutely, absolutely. love that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that part, you know, and actually, in creating a protective figure, um, mm-hmm. or, or in just being able to to really help a patient tap into that as a resource, um, has been also very powerful for me. You know, when mm-hmm. when I first learned that, I just realized that um, just that the power that that your that your brain and your body have to to feel that sense of safety just by imagining being near someone that feels so protective of you Mm -hmm. and and, and I think that goes back to that inner child right and especially for trauma survivors to feel that sense of protection is is actually healing in and of itself right can Mm -hmm. be a huge part of their healing journey to feel protected to feel safe Mm -hmm. with a protective figure I think that that has been very powerful I know for for me, uh, mm-hmm. that's how I started working with with that uh, the ancestors and, mm. and incorporating that into the practice, mm. because it is very much rooted in science. Right? Yes, <laughs> with EMDR, and that's what a lot of people don't don't realize, right? In um, EMDR, I just want to put it out there: EMDR is one of the most researched mm-hmm. um, theories and in, in, in models in 
in trauma healing. It's been mm-hmm. researched by the federal government. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just the research is, and it and it's, it's dates back, I think now 25 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a solid, solid practice. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely want to encourage anyone that feels that they may benefit from this to to look for for a practitioner or mm-hmm. or work with Juliana. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet, Rosa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No, I love that, and I mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, to your point about those protective figures. I mean, mm-hmm. just even as a human, all on in times, Rosa, when I feel like I need that yeah. extra, that extra uh, helping hand, so to speak, mm-hmm. I'll surely bring in my, you know, protective figures, mm. my, you know, my grandma who's in that, my little, my special group of people. And, yeah. um, you know, just, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, really quite powerful. And I love too, that, um, I've had people, the, the beautiful thing I think about it and is that you can also incorporate in, you know, for people, uh, you know, depending on, on their faith, um, you know, s- spiritual figures, you know, mm-hmm. whether Mary or angels or whoever, whoever may resonate with that person, you have the autonomy to pick out and connect with who feels protective to you. And that's, I love that. I think that's just so cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to go back to, we were, we were talking about self-compassion and I meant to ask you, how, how have you been able to incorporate this, this idea of self-compassion or radical self-compassion in your own life? Um, Or I know you mentioned with your children, you know, you don't, you, you're definitely doing this work, but what about for you? How has it, how has this been on a personal level? Yeah. Thank you for asking. I definitely, um, self-compassion has become very personal to me and something that I've really been increasing um, my relationship with it, especially to just being a pre-licensed therapist and in that journey of learning. Um, it's, it's become even more important to me. And I think it's been a slow process, Rosa, to be honest, it's been a process of just of learning it and new roles that I, that I have in my life, um, or the complexity when those roles um, intertwine, right. Between being, Mm -hmm. let's say a a mother, a wife, Mm -hmm. a daughter, a worker, all these kind of different things I may be trying to effectively balance and doing the best I can reminding myself, okay, (laughs) you're doing the best you can. Um, you don't have to be perfect at all of them. Mm but trying to, yeah, just trying to do the best that I can. So Mm. that's a message that I've, I've really, um, you know, and also I think too, like I mentioned that, that younger part of me of Mm -hmm. reassuring her like, Hey, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm the September Mm-hmm. 15th, 2022, grown up mm-hmm. Juliana. And I'm here mm-hmm. in a minute. I'm going to, don't worry about things. Okay. I got us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. It's these gentle reminders throughout the day that we can give to ourselves to, to be, to bring in more of that self-compassion. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I read a book when I was in my 20s. Um, yeah. And it was so powerful. And I recently bought it again because I don't know what happened to my first copy. Uh, yeah. And it's called The Act of Extreme Self-Care. Oh, sorry, mm. not the act, the art of extreme oh, self-care by Cheryl Richardson. She's okay. a Hay House author. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember reading in my 20s, and it, it just changed my perspective in terms of how I was treating myself back then. And then recently, for some reason, it came. It, it just came to mind um, just because it's so practical. So I, I definitely want to, you know, for those that are trying to get started, that I know it has really helped me um, because it's so practical in what it provides, the suggestions that it provides. Do you have any books that you recommend? Yeah, well, definitely the one um, that kind of, the, the big one, the the body keeps a score of learning all the different ways that um, the trauma, about more about trauma, and that was really pivotal for me as well. I recently just started reading um, it's called the um, the Aces Workbook, and that one is is absolutely wonderful too. Um, I think Rose, I have a little yeah. bit of an ish, uh, of a a book collection. Um, uh, how would you say it? Habit. Yeah, I'm me too. <laughs> right. I can't. Help. I'm looking at my side table right now, and it's it's one of those you know, side tables where it's probably going to give out soon because there's like all these books on it and they're like, you know, going to weigh it down. So, um, yeah, so I think just, and also podcasts, I'm a huge fan of just listening to podcasts like your podcast. So yeah. Oh, give me just one second. My daughter just walked in. Give me just one second. Take your time. Sorry. Okay, well, sorry about that, Juliana. But Not at all. Back. She's here with me. I think she wants to be in the podcast today. I think so. <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. Oh, yeah, she, she's been, like I mentioned, it's been a bit of a roller coaster in the last few weeks, so she's still recovering from that. But thank you for those book recommendations. I, I, I'm going to, and I'm like you, I have tons of books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm trying to get through, you know, and I then know. I another one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so thank you, Juliana, for for giving me a few minutes to get the yes. get the baby uh, situated. It looks like she hurt herself, so she really she really wanted oh. mommy right now. Yes. But thank you for that. We were talking about books, and I um, and yeah, I just I I love buying books, and and it's you know with being a mom and working, it's just hard to find that time that long stretch of time right to get mm-hmm. through all the books we want mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally Thank you. agree. Thank you for sure. the recommendations. Yes. Yeah. And so so to to end our podcast, can you tell us a little bit about um, the, you know, where people can find you in the service that you offer? If anyone wants to work with you, how can they do that? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Um, so, um, yes, yeah, so people can find me I, on my website, which is Juliana Parker, APCC.com and Juliana's with one N. And um, yes, I'm, I welcome um, virtual in-person sessions, whatever, whatever works with clients. And I am located in Long Beach in a little, a little cute neighborhood called Naples, which is just a little tiny mm-hmm. part of Long Beach. Okay. Um, so that would be the best way. Um, 
I also uh, have am starting my own podcast, so I yes, welcome. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. It's new new adventure. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm excited, and the theme of it, well, actually, it's entitled the "Be Kind to Yourself" podcast. Mm, oh, I love that. Oh, thank you. I love that. Well, congratulations. I know it's thank always you. exciting to, to start a new project that we're passionate about. Yes, thank you. Well, you, you're you an inspiration to me, Rosa, for oh, thank your you. uh, pioneer. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> I'm serious. So, you know, I've, I've also do it, you know, like you said, being um, a therapist, a mom, mm-hmm. a podcaster. Yeah. With those, you know, the different the different roles that are important. So absolutely, and, absolutely. Yeah. But we, you know, I, I the way I see it is that I ha- I you know I love so far I love the the podcasting work mm-hmm. that I do and and it's very nourishing for me. You know, it's very mm-hmm. actually um, I actually feel a lot of energy. You know, mm-hmm. when I when I'm able to do a podcast, so it's actually very has been very very helpful and healing oh, for me. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and and. And, you know, I, I, it's definitely not something that I would say I, I, I give it all the time that I would want, but mm-hmm. it's, it's such a, it, it just helps, it helps me a lot, right? You're talking about mental health and having mm-hmm. things that we enjoy and making that also important. I think it's, it's just key to, mm-hmm. to for sustainability in mm-hmm. our career and life. <laughs> definitely. Def- yeah. I, I agree. And I think it's so cool too, just the chance the chance to, uh, in a podcast format, to meet mm-hmm. other people who I may not necessarily right. have the fortunate ability to meet, like you. So yes, absolutely. For- yeah, that's been that's another um, added benefit, right, to podcasting the, the the opportunity to meet to meet people in in this way because you know you meet people online or in social media, but you don't have these conversations, right? You don't get to know them in this way. And when you're doing a podcast, you get to talk to them for an hour, you know, at least 45 minutes to an hour. So you really get to know them in in, in that way, right? And then usually, and then from there, if there's, you know, I, I've had it where there's been relationships that I've been able to sta- um, start by just, we, we met on the podcast, they came on and we've <laughs> kept in touch, you know, not with Aww. everyone, but there's been a couple that I've been able to keep in touch with. And so it, that's, also an, an added <laughs> benefit yes. to this so I, so congrats and good luck with with this oh. new adventure for you thank you thank you rosa yeah. and thank you again for just the opportunity to be on your podcast and yeah. to spend some time with you and um i just i appreciate it very much you are very welcome and 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 you can come back anytime no <laughs> we'll love to chat with you again <laughs> Um, yeah, but thank you. Thank you for, for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us. And I look forward to another great conversation with you. Thank you, Rosa, as do I, and, and equally love to invite you to my podcast as well. I would well love to. to. Be fun. Good. Thank <laughs> you. I'm holding to. you to it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just let me know. Okay. okay. Bye, Juliana. Bye-bye, Rosa. Bye. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us. 
to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on, you can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast. And you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachettilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.